Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Sean Dill and Lacey Book. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I will let you kind of introduce yourself, what you're involved with right now. Well, I'm Sean Dill, and uh, along with my wife, Lacey, we are both chiropractors by profession. So we uh, went to school to become chiropractors. I went to school considerably <laughs> earlier than she did. <laughs> um, we, though, uh, after being in practice for a number of years, we've learned to scale our clinic. So we now operate a franchise of chiropractic offices. And now we've begun to realize that other service providers face many of the same challenges that not only we did as chiropractors, but also our franchisees face. Uh, we wrote an, an, an Amazon best-selling book called None of Your Business, which has opened up a lot of doors to allow us to contact and be in relationship with a lot of service providers. So one of the main platforms that Lacey and I really believe in, or one of the principles that we believe in that we've been able to see through meeting a lot of different service providers is that the world's greatest fill in the blank, the world's greatest doctors, care providers, artists, hairstylists, most of them live in relative obscurity simply because they don't embrace the idea of being an entrepreneur. They don't want to market themselves. They don't want to sell. They don't want to be a business person. So that's our charge. We want to help service providers really fall in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur so that they can reach more people, make a bigger impact, and after all, create the lifestyle that they deserve. That is amazing. I, I, I don't know if you know about this, but I also owned a medical facility here in Toronto before. Um, and, you know, we kind of uh, phased it out because of of my purpose. I was, it wasn't kind of aligning with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I know very well the chiropractic world, the physiotherapy, physical therapy, you guys call it over here is physiotherapy uh, world and, you know, massage and everything. It's quite incredible. I also created a, a marketing program. So, uh, but this is amazing that you actually created something that can help, for example, other clinics get more business. Is that correct? Like they not, not just, is this just this industry or any, in, any service-based industry? It's really any service-based industry because what we found is that it doesn't matter what service you're in. If you are in a service-based industry, the struggles are the same. We're, we're taught, I mean, you probably know this, we're yeah. taught our craft and our trade and our skill, but we're not taught actually how to run a business. And so many people are like, I want to get in, in business for myself. I want to be my own boss and don't realize all the behind the scenes stuff that come with it. And unfortunately, you know, I've never learned it. And so we went out there, we teach marketing, sales, and mindset strategies for anybody in a service-based business to grow. And so we've just seen the stuff that we teach, it works all across the board because the struggles are so similar. That's amazing. And you mentioned about the franchise. So are the, uh, how many locations do you have right now? We're at 16 locations uh-huh. um, all across the United States. What is it called, the brand? It's the Specific Chiropractic Centers. And we we do something very unique. Our model is a little bit different than what you think of traditional chiropractic. And so we've been able to grow by having a model that's built on, you know, building relationships um, and really being a part of the community versus just straight like going out and trying to sell yourself 
at a screening or at a booth, like we've really built it in a way that's different and a little bit outside of the box and the profession has seen. That's why it works in other industries as well. Oh, that's beautiful. So you, you went through a lot of trial and error, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. What, what entrepreneur doesn't, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. But yeah, it does help because once you find that secret, that, not secret, but just that formula yep. that works in a niche is, is quite incredible, you know? Um, yeah, how, do you, how, do you, how would you think of, of businesses that can, you know, band together to leverage collaboration, you know? Mm. I think one of the most misunderstood concepts or ideas in business itself is the idea of competition. Yeah. You know, I think that oftentimes what we do is we just see other people that look like us, other businesses that act like us, and we mark them as the competition. Mm-hmm. But in reality, what we're all competing for your public, your community's dollars their, or their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if someone is going to come see me for whatever service I'm providing, I'm actually in competition with the movie theater, with the restaurant industry, with anything that's competing for that prospect's um, financial commitment. But one of the ways that you can circumvent the idea of competition is to understand collaboration. Because if you look at your, your client base, you begin to realize that Maybe as, for example, as a chiropractor, maybe I share my client base, they all go to the same hair salon. Well, we could then, and this is where people really get sort of, they, they have a somewhat of an obstacle block in their thinking mm-hmm. because they're like, well, wait, I don't understand. But I could begin to collaborate with a hair salon as a chiropractor. Another one that, that I think is, um, is oftentimes, it's very clear to see, but oftentimes overlooked. If I was a real estate agent, Mm-hmm. So if I, my, that was my, I was trying to build my business as a real estate agent. I would look to collaborate with a divorce attorney and it could be humorous, but I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious about this because <laughs> when you look at a divorce attorney and they're out there marketing themselves, their ideal client is coming in and almost every single one of them is in a situation where they have some sort of a housing need. Either they need to find housing because they're moving out or they're left with the house and they need to sell the house. How great would it be if the divorce attorney had a relationship with a real estate agent and just sent all of their clientele over to the real estate agent? That would be a sure way to build business. But most real estate agents think, well, what I need to do is do more open houses, put my face on the grocery store, grocery cart. And those are the traditional ways of marketing that are leaving to the side the power of relationships. So I would encourage you know, your viewers, your listeners to just think about who are the other people in my community with whom I should be leveraging, with whom I should be working. And it's very simple. Just start with your favorite clients, begin to notice them. Notice, do they all shop at the same place? Do they go to the same nail salon, the same hair salon? Do they frequent the same gym? And then we can begin to forge and foster those those productive relationships. That's excellent. So you made a really good point that, you know, they say that professionals create, amateurs compete. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like how you're, the competing is there, right? You have to, you know, you like you said, you have to compete for that dollar. But if you're building relationships while doing it, you're creating something more long lasting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where people struggle with the concept of building you know, long-term relationships, because it's not a magic bullet. You know, it's not that magic thing that you wake up one day and you're like, Hey, um, I'm going to do a, B and C, and I'm going to get clients today or tomorrow Mm -hmm. building trusted 
long lasting relationships, it does take time, Mm -hmm. but that's the kind of thing that will keep your business solid and successful through anything, any crisis, any downturn, anything that you come up against because you've built the long-term relationships to get long-term results. And so we do teach that it's a longer game, but it's far more sustainable and better for your business in the long run. I agree completely. Like I'm all about relationships. I don't spend a day without building relationships. I love it. You know, so you always, I live by that principle and you probably, I feel that from you too is about givers gain, you know, like you're all this stuff that you created and all you're doing is that your, your mind is set up on, on giving, like how much value can I give these people? How much can I help these guys grow? Right. At the same time, you're finding success in what you do by default. It's a beautiful concept. Well, I think one of the things too, is it's not, it's not a net zero sum game. Right. You have to understand that, you know, you might give, I might send you five referrals and so many people say, well, you know, I've sent five referrals, but he hasn't sent me anything. So I'm not going to do, I'm done with him, but it's not a net zero sum game because you never know when at some point they might send you, you know, 20 referrals, but they might not send you any referrals, but they might make a connection and introduce you to somebody who sends you 20 referrals. So you can't always be having this tally or this scoreboard and trying to keep track of this. Like it's not necessarily going to always be a one-to-one transactional event because like you said, it's a relationship. And you know, in any good relationship, you don't keep a scoreboard with your spouse. No. You don't, you, you're, you need to understand that with your business relationships too. You're doing it because you enjoy the person, you enjoy the relationship. Mm. You're not doing it because you're expecting something to come out of it. Although if you have a spouse and you treat your spouse well, you do get gain from that. It's a productive thing, but that's not why you do it. And I think if, if entrepreneurs understood that, more mm. entrepreneurs understand that because obviously there's people like you who do get it. But if more entrepreneurs understood that, oh, man, we would be able to make a massive impact on this world. That is a power of relationships, right? At the end of the day, it takes longer to nourish. But once you have that in place, they last forever. Some of my best relationships I have is in that field that I still have a really good relationship, still help them. I still work with them. But it's just it's just from because we're all human, right? You, you click with someone. And then you you just sometimes business is like on the side, you know, at times, right? So over time, it becomes like a natural thing. Oh, yeah, I'll send you that. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Because it's just not even you just expect it from the other person. It's because that relationship is so powerful. Absolutely. And it's so funny because I think that we run into a lot of people that get so, um, what's the word I want to say? Like they, they hold everything that they have to themselves. Mm. They, like you said before, it's about giving things away. Mm. And so many people get nervous. I can't give that away. Mm. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't put myself out there because if I do, then, you know, my competition, they're going to steal it or they're going to take it away from me. And what we found is the more that you give away, the more that you give out for free, the more that you give of yourself, it comes back to you in some way, shape or form. And then you become that like trusted advisor to the relationships that you build and the Mm -hmm. prospects that you're nurturing. And when you give more, eventually they say, when they're ready to work with somebody, I want to work with you. And so it's not just about building relationships with other professionals, but building that relationship with the prospect by giving, giving and giving. 
It's so true. It's so true. And that's that it comes down to mindset, right? Yes. It's just the way that we're conditioned at a young age is that we have to have a wall up, right? But it's good to have, it's good to be safe, you know. But at times when you're doing that, you're kind of going against the laws of the universe too, because you're not really you're not you're not aligned with it, right? Like you're you're being too selfish, you're being too greedy, if you're, whatever that term is. Yes. I'm not putting down anybody like in the business that does that, whatever, because it's just not their fault. It's just the way they've been conditioned the first seven years of their life and generations before that. So what needs to be done is they have to change that internally, deep down, mm-hmm. for those things. Like you, you are unconsciously, you know, like this is something that you breathe. You know that you know what. I need to be following these things, right? I need to be aligned with it. So it's excellent. I love this stuff. Yeah. Well, I think too, you have to take a first leap of faith and maybe this, uh, this podcast will serve as that sort of impetus for some people because you, you have to, I mean, it's easy. I mean, we're just saying, you know, givers gain and you've probably heard that before. Yeah. And a lot of people are probably like, Oh, but that doesn't work out for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to just keep, you have to take that leap of faith. And then what happens is when you objectively see that, wow, the axiom holds true, then it becomes easy, right? Because then you, uh-huh. then you begin to trust more. Like when you're talking about it, it, it's, it's a worldview. It's a way that we view the world. But if you believe that by giving you stand to lose, then you probably will. But once you see that, oh, I could just give and I'll gain more. You know, there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of difficulty right now uh-huh. because of, of the pandemic. Yes. And, but you have to then say the way out of this, what I, how I get out of this, if you are struggling, is by giving more, by, mm-hmm. by digging in and, and giving. Because what will happen is, like Lacey said, the community will begin to see you as a benefactor. They will begin yeah. to see you as benevolent. And that draws people in. People are attracted to that. And so when the tide shifts and people are returning back to, you know, the commerce and going to to service uh, industry professionals, then they're going to choose you. You will be the most logical choice because you have set yourself out as a giver, as Mm -hmm. benevolent, as someone that stands for your community. It's so true. Such powerful stuff. I love, I absolutely love this, by the way. So this conversation, but you know, when you mentioned that, you know, some people might say that it doesn't work for them mm-hmm. is because, you know, they, they, there's a couple of reasons I think is because they might find that, okay, I, I'll give and I'll get right away kind of thing. Like, uh, right. you know, like give, like, uh, I don't know what the term is, but you give and you take. So you're just waiting. Okay. You're waiting through a keyhole instead of all opening all your doors and windows kind of thing. Right? right. So that's what I heard from my mentor, but he mentions that a lot. But when you actually change from within, like when you're giving and you're just giving because you heard from someone that, Hey, just do giving and it doesn't work. I, what I recommend, I think, and I don't know if you guys agree, but if they actually start believing it inside in a deep level that by doing that, they're serving more people, they're helping, they're giving whatever happens in return is, is, is whatever, but I'm doing my part and I'm come it's coming from a good place and I'm keep doing it over time when they're, when they're in that vibration or more, frequent in the day, right? Like not mm-hmm. just having a vibration for 10 minutes in a day, the rest of the day is, ah, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if they're at 24 hours in that, in that way of being, then you start seeing it. So that's why they don't see the results because they haven't trained on it yet. Right. And that's yep. what you guys do. You do train on the mindset too, because that mindset is everything for them to really get those results. And you guys are already there. I could see. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because oftentimes when I have somebody that really struggles 
uh, with mindset and that giving kind of mentality, I tell them it's because you're just missing the evidence that it's working. Mm. There's evidence all around you. And right Mm. now you're not equipped to actually see it. Mm -hmm. And so some of my clients, I'll have them write down that I call it the evidence journal. Like, listen, what are the things that happen today that are absolutely moving you forward in your goals? You know, like somebody calls out of the blue that you built a relationship with, you know, two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe somebody comes back that hasn't been a client for a very long time. Mm -hmm. There's evidence all around you. And that's that universal payback. Mm -hmm. It's just coming in a different form than you anticipated And Mm. that's why you can't see it because you're right. It's not the one-to-one exchange. Put the goodwill coins into the universe and it pays you back, but it's not always how you anticipated. So if you start writing down the evidence of good things are coming my way as repayment for everything I've put out and start paying attention to it, you'll see it more and more. You'll believe in it more and more. And you can start to work on that internal change. I think the human neurology too loves the jackpot. Oh yeah. <laughs> in, you know, in, in, in that one-to-one return, how boring would it be? Seriously. Oh. And, I'm, and I'm not advocating gambling, mm-hmm. but right. yeah. if you went to Las Vegas and you put a dollar in the slot machine, you pulled the handle and a dollar came out and then you put a dollar in and a dollar came out. How long would you do that? <laughs> Everybody's playing for the jackpot, right? Everybody yeah. loves that. And it's the same way. You might not hit the jackpot on this visit, but you keep playing because you know that the machine eventually does pay off. Yep. Yes, it's so true. So true. Well said. Um, if somebody's starting a business, for example, and they're looking to start a service base, but right now because of COVID, I don't know if you could agree, it might be a little bit slower to service base, but if they did go into it, you know, finding a niche, is that important for, for people? Like if they're, like how, how deep of a niche they have to go in well, your suggestion? Well, I, I, I think you need to have a niche, but I think you can go too deep, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, I only work with um, Japanese Americans who are looking to um, increase their ability at golf um, and who have a handicap between three and six. <laughs> There's not That's a lot. too tight, yeah. That's too yeah. tight, right? But having a niche allows the world to understand who you are and who you help and what you help them do. So if you're super broad, it can actually be confusing to your community about what exactly you do and who you help. And I think there's oftentimes for new business owners to try and get super broad because you know that's, that's what we also learned growing up. That's what we learned in school. I wanna help everybody. In my professional practice, one of the biggest realizations that I had was I had some clients, and I think everybody would agree whether they admit it or not, I had some clients that I just didn't vibe with. I didn't enjoy working with them. And I was practicing in Costa Rica at that time. I had a very big practice. And I just thought to myself, well, why would I waste my time with someone that doesn't bring me joy? Yeah, so so true. I just wanted to serve the people. There's I can only physically serve a limited number of people on this planet. So I figure I should wake up every day and find the people whom I was meant to serve and only serve them. And what happens is that means there's some people that I just wasn't meant to serve. And maybe they're better for you or for Lacey or someone else. And that's okay. As long as I'm lined up with the people who I was put on this planet to serve. Well, I got to add to that because what's really powerful about that as well, when you decide who you're meant to serve, those people that come to you that aren't a right fit, if you find somebody that does the same thing you do in your profession that 
does jive with them, now you get to refer people over to the right fit. And that's a really powerful way to make a relationship and have collaboration in what you originally thought would be competition. And so not only do you get to be joyful every day and serving the right people, but now you get to help somebody else in your profession and really elevate what it is that you're doing. It's funny that you mentioned that, but that's exactly how we do it as well, is that we always like to talk to the person and to see where they're coming from and to see if they're, you know, coachable, if they, if they'll work, if they'll do, you kind of see those things to see if they're a good fit because, you know, we're all good people generally, yeah. but the, because of our conscious mind and because of whatever has happened in their past, sometimes the conscious minds, like they don't, they don't connect. It's not because I'm bad or he's bad or they're bad, whatever. It just doesn't match. It doesn't blend well. Right. So yep. sometimes you say, you know what? It's, it's, I don't want, it's not worth your money or mine. You know what I mean? So we want to make sure you get the right results. It might not be a good fit, but by doing that, you create a better network of clients and customers, right? Don't you agree mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, and how, who, what doesn't want to wake up every day and just work with uh, a oh, book beautiful. of clients that you love? <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah it's amazing. Like a family, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the beauty part about business. If you look at business that way. Because if and I also look think at- that when we talk niche, if you are younger in business, oftentimes what you hear is exclusion. So you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to pick a niche because I don't want to want to exclude. People. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But it's all, it's it's actually, and if you just listen to you know the statement, it's like a family. It's actually more inclusionary. Getting a niche is about getting the right people in the family, right? And you, you want to work with the right people. So you're trying to include the right people by mm-hmm. defining your niche, your boundaries, your target market, your ideal client clearly so that we get all of the right mm-hmm. people and we don't, we don't end up with the wrong people at the dining table. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's so true. And uh, what about right now? Are you guys open right, right now in Florida? Is it, or, or are the clinics open? Or is it deemed essential? Yes, all of our clinics are open because they, they are deemed essential. And, you know, yeah. I think that that's, you know, we, we've been looking at a lot of research. We have a good friend here in Florida um, that from Win Big Media, Philip Stutz, has been putting out some amazing research. I think that the, the idea is in this, in this pandemic world is you have to get your messaging right. You have to know that, yes, people are concerned, but I don't think that people generally are paralyzed. You look at in the United mm-hmm. States, our stock market, uh, money is still flowing. Money is still oh. transacting. We, we haven't actually paralyzed the economy. We've maybe damaged it or weakened it, but people are still consuming. And so you have to get your messaging right. Your messaging has to center around safety. People want to know Mm -hmm. that you're taking precaution, that you're not putting people's lives at risk by being, you know, flippant about the virus or, or what's going on. People also are affected economically in some way. So they want you to, they want you to communicate that you're conscious of that, that you're cognizant of that, that you are providing massive value for them. And people are in their thought process beginning to restrict they're spending to things. They're beginning to have to evaluate need versus want. And I think if you can get your messaging right, and it doesn't matter what service you provide, because listen, if you're doing, if you're providing a service, obviously you believe that that service makes an impact on the world, yeah. whether it's coaching or a medical service or whatever, whatever it is. is. Yeah. If you can get the messaging right, then 
everybody, there's opportunity everywhere amidst all of the chaos that's going on. Because people are still, you know, they need to live, right? And it depends right. on the perception of the situation. It is what it is. Um, you know, you can't change that, but you could kind of, like you said, fix your message, see how you can serve them in a different way. Maybe you have to pivot a little bit, mm-hmm. but find a way. That's the beauty Absolutely. about us, right? Like human beings, we're, we're a very strong species. Like we're able to adjust to anything. You know? yes. Yeah, we can adapt. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> so are anybody, are you guys open for franchising anywhere in the world or is it just the States? Right now we're just in the United States. And, you know, for us being in the healthcare space, one of the difficulties is just regulations. Yeah. Um, making sure that it's not like a hamburger restaurant franchise where we could easily scale internationally then you have licensing considerations and business structure that that complicates things. For So for now, um, we are in the United States. We do work internationally. And so we have um, looked at the idea of maybe opening in some other places. But I think internationally, we tend to be more um, benevolent. We like we do um, outreach or missions type work in Mexico, El Salvador, the Philippines. Um, and so we would also love to, to see the business there, not from a financial gain, but from a service gain mm. so that other people around the world could have access to this type of health care. You guys are really, really good people. Like the, all the energy I'm getting from you and everything, like unbelievably, you guys are like, I'm very happy to have had this opportunity and, and grateful to be have met you guys and to learn all this information. You know, it's, it's really, really good what you're doing, especially in this, in, in this situation and, and being in this field. Um, you know, we always like to ask our guests, you know, I'll ask you individually what you feel that your inner superpower is that got you to this place that could help the audience in any way. Don't overcomplicate, like just something that comes to mind that, you know what, I'm here because of this reason. That's how I made it this far. Like something that can help our audience. I would say for me, it's uh, the ability to create quick, deep connection with individuals Um, I've always said I could be in the uh, grocery store and some random person will stop me and just tell me their whole life story. It happens all the time. And so Mm. I have a a great ability to connect with people. And so I have over time really utilized that to create deep relationships that will not serve me, but help serve others. Very good. That means your higher side of you is very powerful. So you're connecting more, you know, on that side with people, people could feel they have the intuition. Yeah. Like that intuition that we have, you could, they, they feel that they could come, they could come to you, you could help them, you know? So that's excellent actually. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely the connector. (laughs) For me, I'm more introverted. I love the saying, our our good friend Dave Stack says, fewer better things with fewer better people. So I would have a smaller circle with deep connection and deep relationship with fewer better people. But if I had to say my my superpower trait would just be being tenacious. In the face of adversity or risk, those things generally just as a, as my, makeup as a human being don't really phase me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able to just keep going. I have a strong belief in our ability. So I've been blessed that, you know, I have Lacey as a, as a life partner. And I, I, I always say when you know, people ask us questions on other formats about investing and what, what are we doing with our money? And I always say, like, honestly, I feel like the safest bet, the safest investment for us is us. So we invest in, in the things that we're doing um, more so than real estate or the stock market, because 
you know, I don't have any control over what the market's going we to do. We don't trust it as much. But I have all the control over how tenacious yeah. that we are going to be in pursuit of our goals. And so I would say that's our. So you would say that's beautiful. So that means you guys are very much involved with personal development. Like that's because for me, that's everything. Like I, I'm everything. telling you all my, all my stuff that I do online, most of it, like my wife, she, she, she says like, how many courses? Because <laughs> I literally like I'm, I'm continuously completing, but the problem is as you get older and you do more, you like, you learn more, you do less. And that's mm-hmm. what we kind of work on people with, because you want to take that what you have and use that. Right. And that's, right. that's the problem. A lot of people face, but yeah, personal development and learning and, and learning about human and human mind and all that kind of, I'm fascinated by, I love it. So that's amazing that you guys are involved with that. I definitely think that I should talk to you guys offline about something as well. So that could definitely be a big, big addition to what you guys are doing. So perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And all your stuff, the contact information that you already provided, I believe. So we'll put it in the show notes. If there's any problem, I'll have Ken kind of email you guys and, and get that information, but the show notes will have all the contact information. So anybody can connect with you when they like. Perfect. Thank yeah. you. Is there any last minute kind of advice you want to give the audience? Well, you know, I would just say it, in these difficult times, it's, it's easy to get down. And one of the things that um, when I do uh, any sort of public speaking, I, I like to end with the story of Rosa Parks and the idea that history only remembers people who, who actually have a conviction stronger than their desire to please. And so, you know, I, I get it. A lot of people are on the ropes and a lot of people are down, but I think that right now is a good time to take stock of what are you convicted about? If you're a service provider, if you're in business for yourself, what are your convictions and how convicted are you? Are you willing to compromise those convictions just to get ahead? Because I'm telling you that by holding the line, being super convicted, people like Rosa Parks, Nelson Mandela, uh, Martin Luther King, history only remembers people who are strongly, mm. strongly convicted. So this is a time to find your conviction. Don't, yes. Don't, don't be scrambling around everything is going to be okay. That's a beautiful statement. Amazing. I love that because that's what, that's what I, when I mentioned about my, my purpose, that's how I pivoted because now my whole, my life mission is, is kind of impacting people's lives to bring them in that place. You know, so I totally understand what you're saying. And that's such an amazing recommendation to people. And I just want to thank you for being on the show guys. And I I wish you all the best. Thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you so much.